Welcome everyone to Revved Up for Sunday from St. Mark's Episcopal Church in New Canaan, Connecticut. I'm Elizabeth Garnsey. I'm Peter Walsh. I'm Justin Crisp. And we come to the last Pentecost, the last Sunday of the church year, and uh, we crown the year with Christ the King, a hmm. feast day which has dubious origins. Stay tuned. <laughs> So let's read this gospel. It's from the gospel of John, chapter 18, 33 to 37. Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, I said dubious origins. That was just a, you know, a hook to get people reeled in. <laughs> but actually, it's been a feast day only since 1925 when Pope Pius XI right. instituted it for Roman Catholics in the aftermath of World War I. Um, we had fascist dictators rising all over Europe, and he was reminding Christians everywhere we have one final authority, which is Jesus, um, Christ our King. So I just wanted to make that clear right off the bat. Yeah. But the Episcopal Church didn't adopt it till 1970. Mm. So in our church, it's pretty recent. So anyhow, what, what yeah. do you guys make of this? Well, you got to respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> you have to correct it. Yes. No, no, no. No, no, no correcting the history at all. Um, I, I think that the. Um, uh, you know, what Pius was doing exactly, uh, you know, was he, um, I think that he was trying to remind Christians of their ultimate allegiances, as it were, to uh, to God rather than simply to um, national leaders, etc. You know, some people might say that Pius is trying to aggregate authority for the church as opposed to the state. So it's not, you know, it's not so much that he's pointing people to God as Christ is the king, but he's the vicar of Christ on earth. So was he trying to set up the church as a kind of like counterbalance to the state? And I actually, I, I think that those are the, that's the dubious origin and the origin of the feast. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the understanding of the kingship or the sovereignty of God is, it goes back into uh, into the Old Testament, you know, in the, the you know, uh, disputes like that, which is found in the book of Judges, where God says, well, I, I could be the king of Israel. And then they and I would appoint judges in my place who would, you know, make judgments for you. But I, I'm your king. And they're like, now we don't like the judges. And every time they're like, give us a king, give us a king, give us a king, give us a king. And then they get Saul and mm -hmm. they don't like Saul. And they get David. And David is, oh, David's great. But David is complicated, mm -hmm. etc. Um uh, but but the kingship of God, God's sovereignty, even a kind of political sovereignty, is uh, you know is an incredibly old idea. The, the Christians, of course, make something different of it um, than those Hebrew Bible passages. Something that I'm interested in working out in this gospel. Mm -hmm. But you know, I can't I can't also uh, but remember that the 
the understanding of God's kingship, of Christ's lordship and sovereignty was incredibly inspiring for the Confessing Church in Germany. So the Barman Declaration, which founded the Confessing Church, uh, this is the, um, these are the the German Christians, a coalition of, you know, Reformed and Lutheran Christians who were dissenting from the Deutsche Evangelische Kirche, or the Evangelical Church of Germany, which had basically followed Hitler in lockstep behind him. And they, they did this, and in the Barman Declaration, the way they articulate their commitment to being against Hitler was basically, these are not their words, but to summarize the document, we can, Hitler cannot be our Fuhrer because Christ is our king. Our ultimate allegiances belong to God and to Jesus. And so uh, Hitler is trying to aggregate to himself power and sovereignty, which he doesn't actually have, authority, which he doesn't actually have. And so that began this resistance movement, which in some ways culminated in the martyrdom of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was involved in an assassination plot against Hitler and so on. So, you know, dubious origins, perhaps theocratic in a really bad way in terms of like raising up the church as a kind of political institution, uh, but also giving rise to genuine anti-fascist movements in Europe, uh, which you know, can't be dismissed. I think we're incredibly holy. Mm -hmm. Wow. Barman I'm, I'm people. grateful for all that, that recap of the history. I mean, I think it does put it in a really important perspective in terms of the modern church. I mean, the art that depicts Jesus as a king and his crowns mm. and robes and our hymnody of royal diadems and crown him of many crowns. I mean, that some of that, not the hymns maybe, but the art, the art predates the feast, you know, instituted in 1925 and adopted yeah. in 1970. So, yes, I mean, Christ is called a king. Jesus is called a king um, in the church for a long time, at least since the Middle Ages in terms yeah. of artwork. Sure. Um, I think my, my sideways glance at the whole thing is simply that um, the Vatican, the papacy, I mean, mm. people possibly popes could say we can look like kings if Jesus looks like a king. Mm. And so they crown themselves with many crowns and, you know, gilded palaces and whatnot. And, you know, there's something wrong with that when you hold it up to the light where of Jesus' humility and the very fact that he says, I came for this. I came to testify right. to the truth. He did not adopt the title king. And if anything, it was used as a term of mockery or um, misplaced um, hopes or authority that he did not claim for himself. Not a, he did claim authority, but I, he did not call himself a king. Hmm. So he talked about a kingdom speaking their language, mm -hmm. but he was talking about a different kind of ruling and reign. So I don't know. I feel hmm. I have, I have lots of hesitation around, um, grand celebration of this feast. I'm just laying my cards on the table, <laughs> as I usually do. Yeah, as you hold them all the time. <laughs> what does she really think? I think, for me, I think that regardless of the terminology around it, what we're talking about here is that Christ is the pinnacle. So mm -hmm. we're, we're ending yeah. with Christ. And so mm -hmm. regardless of the metaphorical language around that, I, I think that the interesting thing is uh, less in the feast day, so to speak, but it's actually in the scriptures and that, that what we have in the scriptures is, uh, again, I'm going to come back and say, I love this piece of scripture, which means one of you probably can say, I really can't stand this piece of scripture. <laughs> but I, 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 I love this piece of scripture and the, the whole conversation between 
Jesus and Pilate mm-hmm. is one of the great conversations mm-hmm. totally. in the New Testament. And, and, and there's things that, uh, you know, we all bring to it, uh, which is who's on trial, right? So Pilate thinks he's the, the judge and the jury. And, 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 and it turns out that Pilate's the one who's on trial. Mm-hmm. And that the contrast between Jesus and Pilate, the spiritual world versus uh, the world that Pilate knows, which is a, a world of power and control. And, and Jesus is talking about two different things. But I, I think that one of the things that we might miss as we read it a little, um, you know, um, flatly, so to speak, mm-hmm. is, is what's going on in Pilate. And I mean, Pilate had fired up. Do you not know that I have the power to crucify you? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. Pilate is the guy who's uncomfortable as he moves between the crowd. He's at the Praetorium, right? He moves between the crowd. And he moves back inside. Back and forth. Pilate is the guy who's freaking out. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, who's about to be killed, is not freaking out. Yeah. And, and Pilate is, is claiming all this power. And Jesus is saying, yeah, you have no power over me right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and so i think in this thing we get you know we get christ the king this could also be for christ the truth sunday right i I mean he takes this whole conversation about are you the king of the jews and now he's kingdom and jesus won't answer his questions right you say so i mean jesus is maddening interviewing jesus is utterly maddening he cannot put Jesus in a box. He keeps trying to put Jesus in a box and Mm -hmm. jesus won't do it and then he he, you know he's he's kind of like Pilate doesn't know what to do with this guy. He yeah. has no idea what to do with this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he flips to the truth. And then the mm-hmm. darn reading, I mean, I love the lectionary, but they left off the, the key line to the whole thing. They left right. off the climax, right? <laughs> Which, if you don't know what the climax is, those of you who are listening, when it comes in, everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. And the climax is the next line, verse 38. Pilate asked him, what is truth? And then he turns away from him. The one guy in the world who's going to tell him the truth is truth incarnate. Then he turns away and walks away and then crucifies him. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the drama in here is just oh, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. The thing that I love about this passage is that um, Jesus is supposedly the one on trial. But by the end of this passage, Pilate's the one who's on trial. Jesus is like cross-examining Pilate every time. So are you the king of the Jews, Pilate says. Jesus asks Pilate. Do you ask this on your own or did others tell you about me? Mm -hmm. Right? Jesus doesn't answer him. He says instead he makes it about Pilate and what's going on inside of Pilate. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Pilate replies, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation did this. What have you done? And Jesus answers, well, my kingdom's not of this world. And Pilate asks him, so you are a king. And Jesus says, well, you say that I'm a king, et cetera. (laughs) So he's always turning it back around. Mm -hmm. Um, But to to push back just a little bit uh, on on something that both of you have said, I don't actually think that the language of kingship or the concept of sovereignty is um, is accidental here. Um, I actually do think that Jesus saying my kingdom is not, a, is not from this world is not just Jesus playing along with the language which they're using, but which is actually an identification of Jesus as being the one who is uh, going to be high and lifted up, the one who really does govern the universe, the one who's the king of kings and the lord of lords, etc. And I actually think that this is an incredibly important thing for Christians to uh, to hold on to, even today. So the, um, the Anglican theologian Oliver O'Donovan, who's a priest in the Church of England, has written a book called The Desire of Nations. And in The Desire of the Nations, he argues that Christ's kingship, God's sovereignty in Christ, God's real political sovereignty in Christ, desacralizes the state. And by that, what he means is he doesn't mean that um, Interesting. he doesn't mean that, you know, God is directly ruling the world and God is like, you know, we should when we vote for an office, we should go and we should write in Jesus for first selectman. That's not what he's saying. Uh, he's saying that um, we live 
in a time in the overall history of salvation where Christ's reign is not yet consummated. And so earthly temporal authority has been given to worldly governments, whether they're monarchies or democracies or what have you, to mm. rule, but, though what they, what they, um, but they're kind of lame duck leaders. Their, 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 their rule is only ever going to be temporary because Jesus is ultimately the ruler of the whole universe. And what this does is by desacralizing the state, you humble what you expect a state to do. It means that you don't expect the state to bring about the perfection of humanity or the perfection of human society. And that's a, that's a temptation which has afflicted both the left and the right historically, right? You see it in Nazism. You see it in Soviet-style communism and other forms of communism, etc. These ideas that the state, earthly, worldly institutions are going to bring about the perfection of a human society. And if Jesus is really the king... That's not what earthly rulers ought to be about at all. Instead, earthly rulers should be about something that looks like political liberalism. That is, you know, a recognition of human rights and uh, recognizing human rights and making sure that they are protected and so on. But you're not going to invest the state with your own salvation. Because if you do that, that's been historically, and I think still today, a recipe for authoritarianism. Because if the state can bring about the perfection of humanity, then why in the world wouldn't we do so as efficiently as possible? Stamp out dissent, steamroll them, kill them if necessary, so that you can get to the perfect society. And um, I have to say, I love this concept of God's sovereignty because uh, it makes every form of political tyranny an idol. That is, means human beings are putting a person or an institution or government in the place of God. And I think the Feast of Christ the King is like the altar on which we smash all those idols of authoritarianism. And the temptation to steamroll our enemies in the service of getting rid of the difficult, boring, laborious, frustrating, insufferable working out of our disagreements with one another in things like the United States Congress or Hartford or a town hall meeting, etc., those things aren't sexy and they're not fun, but that's what government's actually for, according to Christians, because Christ is the king, not, and it's nobody else's business to try to be. Mm-hmm. That's maybe my most passionate defense of why sovereignty is like a good thing to ascribe to God. I think, I mean, we, I could never begin to say what you just said. However, I mean, it's, it's beautifully said. I just feel like um, we can't um, recuse ourselves from participation in the governments that we do have right. and you're not saying that but i think while we while we claim and 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 hold on to the sovereignty of christ um i think that the the theologian you quoted um who who says we're not yet at the perfection of humanity i'm not sure where where they're going with that but it hits my ears as something that's linear and that that mm. is coming one day um and I guess that's where I stop and say, wait a second. Um, hmm. I think that this idea of the second coming of Jesus or the fulfillment of that ideal or that, you know, state where that kingdom that may come, yeah. you know, or that may the kingdom come, it puts it out there in some future. And um, Jesus always said, my kingdom is within you. My kingdom is here now. You know, the kingdom is very near you. And mm. And so I, I feel like my take on that is that Christ is already reigning. You know, God is already sovereign. Um, our world is already 
perfect. It's just we cannot see it and we don't participate in the perfect kingdom of God. Mm. You know, and we miss it and we're standing outside the gates, you know, and um, we continue to fight our battles outside the kingdom of God mm-hmm. where it's right there for the taking. You know, it's right there for us to move into and it's within every human heart to do it. And so my, my sense of this is that um, when Jesus says my kingdom is not from here, Pilate, your palace, mm-hmm. it's within. And, mm-hmm. and um, so it's already there. I mean, I don't, and I feel like the second coming of Jesus is born in us every time we let it be, ever let it, every time we let it be so. Um, so I guess mm-hmm. I just have a more... Um, What's the word? Uh, what's the word, Peter? <laughs> no, I, I appreciate so much that view, okay. and I think it's beautiful and true, 100%. I just want to approach it from a way where I can live in it today, and I don't have to wait for my children's children's children mm. to hopefully realize it in their generation. Yeah. You know, I think there, that renders us all kind of hopeless, and how could we possibly see it on the horizon anytime mm. soon? The world's getting so much worse. And I, I just think that the world's always a mess, always has been a mess, always will be a mess, except for the places, the corners, the shadows, the person by person mm-hmm. um, coming to life, coming to full, fully living, realizing the spirit of God in themselves and expanding that everywhere they go, you know? Yeah. So um, I don't know if that makes any sense. Oh, it totally makes sense. I, it, that's why. That's I think I would I'm agree with you. With I'm sort of in a different place than both of you, uh, or in, with the emphasis on the syllable here. So you're, I mean, you're talking about uh, the kingdom uh, lived out in the, the powers and principalities of the world in which we all live. You're talking about the mystical kingdom, right? Mm. The, the kingdom is a mystical experience. That's the word. Right. And the, from my perspective, That's when good. I read this, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in the I'm in the heavenly kingdom, and so for me, the sovereignty of Christ is incredibly clear, and and a part of my piety, uh, and a part of my theological disposition, because as I understand it, and uh, that the the kingship of Christ, the the, the lordship of Christ, uh, has to do almost like um, uh, like the 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 Christ at Sacre Coeur in Paris, where you have that enormous enormous Christ. Uh, back in the apps, mm-hmm. that 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 the kingdom of Christ is is in the heavens, and the lordship is a lordship of love that holds everything in its um, uh, in its divinity and its divine embrace, and that that is the kingship of Christ. That is the that is the power, and so and that that's not only cosmic, global, and cosmic and mystical, mm-hmm. and the eternal reality. Now, not Pilate. Pilate's Pilate's. Pilot does not have. Pilot might say, "I'm a matter of fact dude," and so I'm all about reality. And and, and then, and then Jesus might say, "That's actually not true, man. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the ultimate reality is the, is what I'm talking about, and that in that divine embrace, it not only has to do with." Um, where the principalities of this world are happening, the individuals in this world with mystical uh, love that is, you know, as you almost said, person to person, but it also has to do with when you die and you come into another portion of the kingdom, mm. what meets you but the presence of Christ, the divinity of Christ. You're, you're greeted by the king. You're mm. greeted by that. And so mm-hmm. for me, I, I, um, I mean, I, I'm fascinated yeah. by what you and Oliver are talking about, and, I, and I'm uh, inclined to understand to some degree what you're talking 
talking about. But for me, it's 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 it has it's a if we were going to do a sandwichy thing, I mean, I, I'm up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm up, uh, you know, the top level of the bread. So he's yeah, working yeah, yeah. towards the kingdom. I'm standing outside the gate, and you've already moved in. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. <laughs> That's hysterical. But I didn't actually understand that, but it sounded good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. said that I knew everything. Oh, oh which has meant a lot to me. I just want to say that. It's not true, but it means a lot. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Well, I, I mean, yeah. I didn't mean to say that. Yeah, I think I'm, it's I'm individuals yeah. who, yeah, who realize this within themselves. I, yeah. I do see this continuum of, you know, and that's what I tried to say was that Christ is in everywhere reigning already right. so yeah. in all things and you know it's even in the prologue to this very gospel that, that mm-hmm. he, the word of God is, was from the beginning with God is God everything came into being through God the word mm-hmm. became flesh and dwelled among us um, you know it, it's it's here already within everything so that's what that's what I meant yeah, I, not, yeah. not just individuals oh, of course and, and I, I didn't I didn't characterize your your position well. I didn't well. say it very well. Uh, no, I didn't. I, I butchered it. Uh, but let me just shift us to one second here yeah. in the waning minutes. Let's talk about truth. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. where I hope. Because we, I think we're probably all true. Uh, we, yeah, we've yeah. got a piece yeah. of the truth, right? Yeah, yeah. The truth is very complicated and rich. Mm-hmm. And Jesus okay. is ultimately yeah. the truth in John's gospel. I'm yeah. the way, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, so we all want to wait the truth. Why don't you start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just say, have a word about truth. Well, I have a word about truth. The, the unique thing about Christianity is that we believe the truth is a person, not like oh, that's a, a set of facts or anything like that. I mean, how do you sum up a person? This is one of the reasons why I think the, the experience of finding Christ in the scriptures is so rich and generative. Why the three of us can have three different angles on the question of kingship or Christ's sovereignty, and each of them be a, be a part of the truth. And I'm not trying to be a relativist here and to say, that, you know, just whatever you think or say is true because it's, what, it's your truth. I'm saying that, like, the truth is so rich and complicated that it's like trying to sum up your beloved. Mm-hmm. Like, if, I, if you ask me to sum up my wife, Jewel, I could write and write and write and write and write and write and write, and I would never sum her up, right? And Jesus is saying a similar kind of thing. I am the truth. You're never going to sum me up exactly in a whole bunch of sentences, but you can get pieces of me, and you can have a relationship to me. And that's what Pilate is not willing to, that's what Pilate actually, like, he, that's what he turns away, as you said. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have any idea what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like to think that, well, we, first of all, we, I never, did say something I wanted to say, which Jesus Christ, you know, Christ isn't Jesus' last name. And, you know, <laughs> we talked about that in confirmation. Yeah, and to say Christ the King is sort of, we should be saying Jesus the King feast day because, ah, nice, you know, Jesus nice, the, nice, and, um, nice. If, if we're going to say that the truth is a person, I like to say the truth is personified mm. in Jesus and, um, in, and, and summed up in the Christ, you know, the cosmic Christ that way transcends any moment in history yeah and any personification but yes i'm with you that's that's a great great thing to point out i do remember when i found out that christ was not his last name <laughs> i was like dumbfounded dear mr christ As someone with yeah, the initials yeah. jc yeah, yeah. Uh, you know and, it's and a christ i always christ use my middle initial when i'm signing yeah, something yeah. not me I nobody gets a, i sometimes slip an extra letter in there and that's, that's that's how highly i think of you uh, oh I think that the whole, I mean, we could do a whole separate podcast. And I know oh, we need yeah. to wrap it up on this question of truth. But I think one of the things that I uh, I particularly like about it uh, when Jesus claims himself as truth is, you know, like the Hebrew understanding of truth versus the Greek understanding mm-hmm. of truth. And the Hebrew understanding of truth, meaning that 
uh, truth is kind of like the solidity of a thing, right? Mm-hmm. That the mm-hmm. the essence of a thing, and for and then the the Greek is much more, uh, you know, based on the truth as a fact, as a as an un, as a revealed thing, as reality, truth as reality, mm-hmm. and and in in Jesus we find the solidity of God in Him, and we find the reality of God in him mm-hmm. and that that's you know i am the truth that's what that's what he's talking about mm-hmm. uh that and that that and again i mean he he we're talking about uh, three times you know i mean we are you the king of the jews are you the king and then jesus mm. just just like <laughs> flips it and just starts in on truth and, and then at that point Pilate's had enough right right yeah. This truth thing is not going to help me out. I got myself a mob here. I got Caesar over here. I'm trying to stay out of trouble. Mm-hmm. And he just, he just walks away from the solidity mm-hmm. of the thing. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, he becomes, I mean, is there a more infamous individual? Oh, my gosh. In Crucified history? under Pontius Pilate. Crucified mm-hmm. under Pontius Pilate. The creeds put all of it on him. It Even though him. it's incredibly complicated, right? I mean, this right. is like, this is like, he might have been mm-hmm. the one to pull the trigger. He's the one with the political authority to actually kill this guy. Mm-hmm. But how he got there, I mean, it involves the right. religious leaders of the, the Jewish nation. It involves all these other figures mm-hmm. in Rome who are in cahoots with, with all this stuff. But he's the guy who gets hanged on. Mm-hmm. He leaves the courtroom, though. He leaves Jesus' courtroom. If Jesus is putting him on trial while oh, nice. Pilate's trying yeah, to yeah, put yeah. him on trial, he leaves the courtroom, and so he just he accepts the guilty verdict, as it were, and the creeds just give it to him. Bam. Yeah. And then he, but he tries to wash his hands. He tries it. to wash he his tries, hands. It's like, but it's like Macbeth. Sorry, dude. Nah, no, no, no. It's like Macbeth. It is like Macbeth. <laughs> like Macbeth. Yeah, uh, rooted, in, rooted in the scriptures. Mm. Macbeth is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Right. Yeah, very, very rich, incredibly rich stuff mm-hmm. here. Oh, yeah. my gosh. And then he does label him king of the Jews when he's crucified. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And then yeah, when they right. get to that, right, he said he was king of the Jews. Right. And at that point, Pilate's like, I've, I've had enough. You know, I have written. All right. Enough of you guys. Enough of this guy. Right. I, you know, I, uh, I'd like to know what happened to Pilate after all this, if he went back sort of waking up at night, unable to sleep. Oh, I know. You know, having heard the word... Most underrated person in the discourse, not in this discourse in Matthew, Pilate's mm-hmm. wife. I know. Oh. You have yes. nothing yes. to do with right. this man. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> Most yes. underrated person right. in the scriptures, Pilate's wife. Right. You know, right. should have listened. Should have listened to Pilate's wife. Right. Yeah. What is truth? I wish that was, I do wish that was part of our lectionary. Mm. But Jesus says, you know, know the truth and the truth will set you free. And I think that Pilate somehow had to come to some kind of aha moment i mean he had to have he's he i mean he even if it was like the sense of great yeah. doom because of what he did but i actually totally uh, believe conviction that. conviction you know? uh, this gets totally into a that. whole other question like i, know. I love speculating yeah, yeah yeah i mean what happened to Pilate? right right in the end did mm-hmm. was Pilate converted you know what, what you know eternity's an awfully long time Pilate, what happened after Pilate died <laughs> you know i mean there's a lot of I, there's a lot of it's like that great book written about Barabbas. I don't know if you've read the book by a Scandinavian author called mm-hmm. Barabbas, and whatever happened to Barabbas is like a fantastic, wow. fantastic yeah. read. Somebody should write those. Hey, you're yeah. a writer. You could yeah. write whatever happened to Pilate. Yeah. What happened to Pilate? Speculative <laughs> book. Whatever happened <laughs> yeah. to Pilate. You can write the libretto, and it yeah. will will stage it. I'll get it directed. Uh, oh, yeah. Peter could be the star. He's I'm always wanted to be the star. I'm going to be. I'm going <laughs> to sing it because I'm so sure of my voice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I gotta, I gotta Oh man! That means we should close with singing uh, here. Right, right. Crown and Lord of all, and all those other things. <laughs> <clears throat> well, see you all in church on Sunday. We hope you've uh, enjoyed this podcast. Please like and share and subscribe to it. And uh, we'll see what comes on Sunday. Thank you.